I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Nah, can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my blood. Cheated on my baby, you can go and ask her. My life is a movie, but riding in boobies. Cowboy hat from Gucci. Ranger on my booty Can't nobody tell me me instead of me trying to create my own sort of plan and 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 see that through 
and it's been like it's like he's come full circle because I think at at the beginning of everything I've always wanted to start off as a musician and I don't really think that I was ready I hadn't really found my voice yet I hadn't really found what was going to work for me because there was so many artists that I wanted to emulate um, and uh, I just needed to find my own way so while that was developing um, I really allowed the acting and the writing to sort of take on um, the foundation for me basically and 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 just being a writer and having all these thoughts still about music and it was just like it was just like itching for me to to release something so I continue you know the path of of writing books and um, of doing a lot of web series as an actor and it just seemed like the late part of 2017 going into 2018 I was just getting all these sort of signs that like it's finally time to sort of like bring this whole full circle all the way around and and begin looking for um, producers to start working with musically and and that's where we've been ever since and it's a very challenging role once again it's it's very similar to writing as a like as an independent author but music is just is it's a different type of beast because I feel like it was so easy for me to find people to hey check out you know some excerpts that I've written and or a chapter here and there. But but music wise, it it's been it's it's been completely more challenging now that we have a visual out. I think that it's created a different uh, leeway for people to sort of find me and network with me and and figure out what my sound is and what all that I'm capable of doing. So um, so now we have Blonde Summer, uh, first single from my EP is called Blonde Winter, and um, that's what that's pretty much what I've been working on for this for about a year now. Yeah, nothing much. Just putting out books, music, music videos, nothing at all. <laughs> just, a little, just a little something, something, you know. Just a little you something, know? something. You yeah, know? that's how that's our everyday life. That's how we get down. Everyday life. <laughs> you know, um, and as an artist, I think especially us multifaceted artists, we struggle to find our way in in our medium and find where we want to put our passions and listen to those whisperings. Um, and also, where's the right time? And in Atlanta, right now, Definitely. you're here. You're in the right place for oh, yeah, for sure for music. And it's been that way for almost a couple decades now. Mhm. Definitely. Now there's a lot yeah. of craziness going on in the industry with. Uh, some of the political climate that's going on here right. in our dear red state right now. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. And, it, and it's I think it's affecting the industry. And, you know, we have to look at all sides because now we have major studios, major artists and directors who are saying, you know what, we won't work in Georgia until this is sorted out, until the heartbeat right. bill is sorted out. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you think that that affects independent artists and people looking for work in the industry in either the music or the filming industry? To be honest, um, on the acting side, I think it affects it way more because you have people like even like a Regina King, for instance. I ran into Regina King here not that long ago. And it was just amazing to be able to see someone who you've watched, almost feels like an aunt, who you've watched all your life. And in a place like Georgia where I will say the film industry is so discreet, 
something like that could affect us drastically because it's nothing for them to take it away. I've seen it happen to places even like um, uh, Louisiana, where the uh, mayor there, I believe, um, took away their um, their um, filming part of what they were getting there because it's like a thirty percent tax cut. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of those jobs there were moving to North Carolina. So it would be nothing for them to take those jobs away from us too. So it's it's nothing for studios to to disguise places to make them look like L.A. And they do it to Atlanta all the time. They they film Fast and the Furious here, all these big budget films that none of those films actually in the film took place in Georgia, but they can make it look like that just through you know whatever technology they have or just creating that sort of illusion. So I think it, it, could, it could affect us drastically. You know, we were already thought of as a Hollywood of the South. So to sort of take that part away from us, I think it would affect a lot of people just, just on the basis of even creating a screenplay and deciding where the set is going to be. So I think right. that this part of it, to, to say that a woman should be controlled, once again, you know, women have come so far into into sort of create this other malicious sort of, um, law to say that a woman can't control what she wants to do with her body, I think is detrimental. And, and a lot of big studios are standing behind their employees and saying, we have female employees and we cannot allow um, this stuff to continue. And like you said, it's a trickle down where even people like cameramen and uh, crew members are going to find it harder and harder as studios like Netflix um and Amazon decide to go other places. Definitely. Yeah. I think I think this is gonna it shouldn't take much thought. It really shouldn't take much thought. But you have, you know, power for men working for power for men. And in a in a country where women have fought, you know, so many decades and, and centuries to um to have the rights and the voice that they need to, you know, make any sort of big moves in their life. And this, this, this one thing, which, which is so different from, you know, women being able to vote or, you know, down to any sort of political level, this is a woman's body that we're talking about. This should be a very easy decision. There's, you know, and men it's already do, been decided. So I don't even know why yeah. we keep dragging this up, you know, Right. It's, it's, it's already gone to the Supreme court. It's already been decided. And I've been very mm-hmm. vocal. I feel I I feel like as a woman I I can only choose what's best for me and my body right. and my person. I can't mm-hmm. decide for the next woman and her situation what she should do. And I certainly right. feel like if you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't be making that decision. That is between that woman, her doctor and her god, whoever that may That's, be. Yeah. That's that's just a point blank period. Yeah, there's no other discussion that needs to be made. That's a woman's body. She should decide what she wants to do. Um, and raising a family and raising a child, that's a really huge. And then, then there are so many particular cases, you know, where women have been, you know, molested or raped. And to have that as a reflection, I don't think a lot of women, you know, want that. And, and that's, if, a part of the, that's, that's one right. re- reason why a lot of women decide to make that move. So or if we go into forced birth, go to the adoption. Right, but if we start going into forced birth, you don't want to expand Medicaid, you don't want to give out uh, assistance via food stamps and all the other things that these children would need once they get here. So I say people are 
pro-birth, not pro-life. Well, you have to even think about it down to the science of how African how African American women are treated during the state of childbirth. You know, a lot of women, a lot of what people don't talk about is that the the treatment of Black women versus you know other women in America is, is horrible. I know a, I know a guy personally, which is so funny. His name, his uh, kid's name happens to be Langston, and um, he's gone all the way to the to the to the high level courts to talk about, you know, um, his wife who died at childbirth. And a lot of women, black women in particularly, are dying at childbirth and having a lot of medical complications um, when it comes to, you know, delivery. Um, so this is not something on a small scale. And then you're talking about something now that, you know, induces stress. You know, it's, it's already hard right. enough for a woman to be pregnant, but now she's having to be forced to have a baby like, you know, this could really, you know, cause complications with her own body, even just besides, you know, the pregnancy part. Right. And cause, because Serena Williams, with all her money and notoriety, almost died during childbirth. Right. So um, what you speak is the truth. We're going to switch gears for a few moments, and we're going to talk about bed, the bold, erotic, and dangerous. Oh wow, that's that's throwback. <laughs> that's major throwback. <laughs> what do you so, want to know about that? <laughs> you know, hey, it's, but it all builds to who we are now and what we do oh, now. Definitely, yeah. And it can also, you know, my listeners, um, uh, if they all know, you know, we about to tell them now, and they gonna know. Tell us about it. A little <laughs> bit. Oh man, um, well, I wrote that book. Gosh, I don't even remember what year, what year was that. I think that was 2011 or 12. I was about I was 20 years old, so it's been 11 11 years, 11 12 years um, since that book has been um, published. Uh, it was my first sort of um, step, honestly, into entertainment, um, and that that was my sort of Actually, you know what's so funny too is that that was also my sort of liberation into um, my own sexuality and and creating all these sort of universes of uh, uh, erotica and not just sort of focused on one particular type of it. You know, you get an African American author, so all the characters you just assume have to be African American too, or or if you're heterosexual, all the characters have to be heterosexual. If you're gay, all the characters have to be gay. And I just didn't want to create any sort of like uh, flat sort of basis or niche sort of basis for what I wanted to do. So the bed stood for uh, bold, erotic, and dangerous. And basically with those words, I created these three sections of basically it taking you to this sort of natural high, each sort of lane and in each sort of um, part of the book getting a little bit more um Intense, I guess to say. And is this book and is this book in um hardback? It actually is in hard but in hardback. Yeah, it is. Um, that was the first publishing company I ever did a distribution deal with, and they offered it in paperback and hardback. Wow, a lot. You know, yeah. you don't see that um a lot lately. Well, believe it no, or not, we've we've come to the section where I got to take a break and pay some bills. This is A Date with Destiny, and you are on with Langston Blaze, and 
We are going to pay some bills with our sponsors, Emerald Star Press, Sensual Kisses, Body Collection, and Creative Touch Design Firm. We'll be right back after this musical break and some words from our sponsors. Blonde summer got the bass bumper when I ride and clean real nasty. Yeah. Real yeah. hood, it's a classic. classic. All my, all my gotta have it. Yeah. It's a Bob, you an addict. Blonde summer, get at That's it. Good. This ain't radio friendly. Yeah. Turn yeah. up if you whip. If you whip. Yeah. 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 Thanks yeah. 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 <laughs> John Blaze, John Blaze. Ah! Just shut, take a chance In the club, rubber bands Just show up, just show up I don't even wanna show up I'm superior to me You a slave to the beat It's social media to poison Don't drink the poison I know you seeing where the hope that Drunk this fruit with my boys at DJ, where the noise at? Where the noise at? Where the noise at? Yeah Options, I got plenty Hashtag a savage like my name Rihanna Fanny Uh-huh don't fuck up my name in the credits, uh-huh. yeah Langston John plays me, better not forget it, yeah, yeah. But body yeah. is religious, yeah. about to show with the business Yeah, yeah God is my witness, yeah. I'ma give them what they missing Long summer, got the bass bumper when I ride and clean real nasty Real hood, it's a classic, all my, all my gotta have it It's a bob, you an addict, long summer, get at it This ain't radio friendly, turn up if you with me Shit, you shot, take a chance in the club, rubber bands About to get them like a Leah Dana Hot 97 Summer Jam uh-huh. Pants low with the bandana Got dirt like it's hot dinner You been waiting all winter Eat the beat like dinner Yeah, Ain't your girl with shot convert Nine times out of ten She gon' get a feeling, sir Uh-huh Unless she is Angelina Jolie That's a girl interrupted on my new No me, yeah My body new, it's religious Not just showing with the business Yeah, guys, my witness I'ma give them what they missing Long summer, I got the bass bumper When I ride and clean real nasty Real hood, it's a classic All my, all my gotta have it It's a bob, you an addict Long summer, get at it This ain't radio friendly Turn up if you with me Yeah, mama I'm a star, high beams flashing, now they know who we are, uh-huh Don't, don't fuck up my name in the credits, yeah Langston John Blaze, me, better not forget it, yeah Too lit just to anthem, gotta push your, push your pants up John Blaze, stand up, ladies throw your hands up Can't be a foe, rockin' all designer clothes And if you didn't know, better talk that talk you know Langston John Blaze, aka Jimmy Dean
Central Kisses Boutique offers spa-quality products at an affordable price. The web boutique features natural soy candles, hypoallergenic body care, and Destiny to Fragrance. Visit the web boutique at centralkissesboutique.com. Welcome back out there. You are listening to Date Night, distributed by Launchpad, iTunes Store, and Destiny Carter Radio. Did you miss me? I know you did. We're on with author, singer, dancer, Langston Blaze. You listened before the break to his song, his hot song, Blonde (laughs) Summer. Now, Langston, we just heard the banger. Let's talk about it a little bit. (laughs) How okay. did you decide to get into the production and decide to go ahead and put this out? Uh, you did a you did a visual for it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Uh, we shot the visual about a month ago now, and um, I was just really wrecking my brain about doing an up tempo because um, I really wanted to introduce myself as a performer, and that was something that was vital to me you know as a dancer um and as a as a vocalist like you really want to shine in both sort of lanes at the simultaneously and that was very very important to me i think that was one of the reasons especially as an independent artist why it took me so long is because i couldn't find uh the right producer to give me the right sound that i was looking for that really kind of spoke volumes to uh who i am so um and just sort of kind of not looking but looking at the same time um, I ran across someone who I felt like he, without knowing me, he, he knew sort of the sound that I was looking for. And to me, when you listen to the song, it's, it's completely throwback. It sounds like something from like the 90s to me. And uh, that, was the, that was the first thing about it that I fell in love with. And as an independent artist, like you can only imagine not being a, a, a person who makes beats um, how much music I already had in like my songbook. So it was like the track that, that my producer created, his name's Jesse, by the way, uh, McCall. And what I already had lyrically, I just was able to dig through some old um, uh, lyrics that I had written. And the first verse was pretty much written. It was crazy. Like I had had that verse for maybe about four or five years. And I maybe just had to rearrange maybe like literally two lines and it fit right in. I thought that was so crazy. It was almost like, it was, it was almost like it was just meant to be. And I had the original lyrics for that song. I had not written with a beat. So for them to come together the way that they did, and I only had to write a second verse in the hook. And um, so then there was that process. And then the actual getting in the studio part was so, um, different from me because I had been in the studio before, but not with anything this prepared. And by the, t- I mean, it, it literally took me, which it, I mean, I mean, to some people who don't have a, um, an experience recording it may have, that made three hours may seem like a long time, but it only took me three hours to record that song. And that was backgrounds versus the hook, everything. And everyone keeps asking me, um, the voice is chopper screwed on the hook and people people ask me all the time is that you and yeah that that was always the idea like everything was sort of a um 
was sort of like a prepared sort of thing. And I remember the first time I introduced that idea to my producer, you know, in the hook, it's like, it's this very deep voice singing, Blonde Summer, got the bass bumper, got the, you know, that whole sort of thing. And he was like, I, don't, I just kind of want you to sing it. And I was like, I'm telling you, and his name is David. I'm like, David, chopper screw the voice and then just listen to it with me singing on the verses. And then once he heard it, he was like, Langston, yeah, I see why you wanted to do that. That sounds like it's super, super dope. Like, And then when you hear it with the bass and the car, it just it takes it to a completely different different level <laughs> it, it is it is like when you I, I think you correlate it to like um an editor your producer mm-hmm. if you don't have a synergy and an energy in the same direction for the project then you're not going to get the the happy feeling the output that you want from it definitely i think the thing about david that i like though is also, just to make it clear, David is the original producer that recorded Lil Nas X's um, uh, Old Town Road song. So originally that version of the song was just him. Uh, Billy Ray wasn't on it. There was no remix. It was just him. And they recorded that song together. This was, this was, I guess, a little bit after we worked together. So um, just to sort of show you the caliber and, and how um, experienced he is. And that song um, but he exploded. <laughs> exploded. So um, he's one of the he's the type of person where he may not agree with something, but he's not going to shut your idea down. So once he actually, it's so crazy too, because like I have to almost in my, in a way think of myself as a producer too, because he's he's pressing you know he's pressing buttons and like creating mixes, but I'm telling him what I want to hear. And um, once we created that sound together. Um, he's able to hear it and, and sort of be led by what he's actually, you know, pressing buttons to create by me telling him what I want to hear. So um, once he heard it and, and we sort of got a feel for this song and the impact of it with my with my actual voice versus my voice being chopper screwed, um, putting it together, it just gave it so much of a layer. And if you listen to this song, it's very nostalgic to the 90s. I, I referenced the cars back then. I referenced the artists back then. The the shows that were hot back then. Well, hey, you know the nineties really is my heyday. The nineties is my heyday. Yeah. So I mean, that's when I came into my own young adulthood, um, mm-hmm. college, and all that stuff. So that time, and and the nineties, the eighties, the nineties. It has a very specific sound. The music then it definitely it does. I agree. Um, and you can listen to the, you know, R&B, 90s was the decade of R&B. We had groups like Silk and Boys to Men mm-hmm. and Jagged Edge. Jodeci. Um, uh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I spent one crazy night at Marriott with Jodeci. We're not going to get into that right now. But <laughs> um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep it shut. The lady never kisses in hell. But though... You know, we it was a very time, it was a time for very fun party music, and it was about joy, yeah. and it crossed it crossed all it spanned all kinds of genres. It wasn't Definitely. just and we talked about Lil well, you brought up Lil Nas X and mm-hmm. his song Old Time. Now I was listening to Billy Ray with the Achy Breaky, so yeah, um, I was dancing to it. <laughs> yeah, quite familiar with the you know quite familiar with the Billy Ray, and people acted yeah. like that this was the first time. 
that there was a smash up, but really Tim McGraw and Nelly, um, Jay Z and Lincoln Park, um, there's you, uh, Lil Kim and Christina Aguilera. There's a lot of mashup music out there because music is so universal. But Definitely. what I want to talk about with Lil Nas X is as a black man coming out mm-hmm. and saying, I am a gay black man in the music industry um, rapper. Mm-hmm. How how do you think that affects? Because right now he's right. I mean, he's kept Taylor Swift from being number one. So he's up there. Um, Definitely. And his career is riding it right now. How do you, did, did you see any backlash? Did you see the support? Did you see like that was uh, sent waves through the industry? How, how do you think it affects it? I mean, I think that it affects all of us. You know, I think that it even for, for myself personally, it took me a long time to sort of, I would do, I mean, I'll be very, very honest with you. I remember at points when I would do interviews, um, that would be my biggest fear being asked, oh, so are you gay? Are you straight? Like that would always be my biggest fear. It's like, please just don't ask me that. And I think that sometimes I think God gives you your path and, and, and you have to walk that path. And sometimes he speaks through people. And so fortunately for me, I never really had to deal much with people asking me personal questions that way. Because, you know, with, with 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 this industry, you give a little, people want more. And right. I think that he's so young and, and people were so focused on the music. And now that he's allowed himself to be very open and honest about something that he didn't have to reveal, um, I just think that that makes it a little bit sweeter, especially for people that are younger than him, people that are even a little bit older than him, like myself, to see someone very, very driven and very, very focused on the music. Because at the end of the day, this is about the music. This is not about his right. um, his sexual identity. Um, so and it just he makes had a it lot a little to bit lose sweeter. by coming out. Well, you know what's so funny is that I think that you only have a lot to lose when you make whatever the – you make your decision based off of something that um, doesn't quite fit what you're on earth for and, and what you're doing it for. At the end of the day, I think that he's doing it for the music. And now that he's spoken out about his identity, it's, it's just it's just one layer, it's one percentage of, of who he is. People, at the end of the day, there they're, they're are five and six-year-olds dancing to this song like it's their national anthem. Yes! And, you see you know the viral I mean? I videos and they feel it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a worldwide sort of phenomenon. So to see him, you know, at this young of age, he's only twenty years old, to see him have a number one song that may might even surpass Mariah Carey, um, and is ironically, when you think about hip hop and how um hyper masculine that community is, the irony that a young black gay male would have the longest running number one song in rap history is just, it kind of blows your mind when you think about it <laughs> in that well, respect. And, I think he's going to be okay because we have a lot of artists out there. People don't give us a lot of credit and people don't talk about us a lot, but you have a lot of LGBT artists out there that are mainstream and that work with mainstream artists. So he, he'll have, you know, the right backing um, that he'll need for the future. I really do think that. Well, and I, I just think that it was it was very brave um, at the timing, and I think 
he used his voice at the time when people are listening to him most. Because number mm-hmm. one songs come and go. People fade from the charts all the time, yeah. you know. And sometimes when people fade from the charts, we forget about them. So it's mm-hmm. important to use your voice while people are listening. Definitely. And let so, that, you know, and let that initial drive and that foundation for whether it be music or anything speak, you know, volumes. Now, before we go to our final break, I and we're talking about rap music and stuff, and I don't know if you've seen this article, but there's a very interesting interview out there with Jermaine Dupree and the state of female rappers, and he's saying it's like strippers putting out music, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen now, the article? Now, listen. Now, listen. I have a lot of respect for Jermaine Dupree. He's, he's you know, the foundation of Atlanta music. Um, at the same time, I think that there is a humbling that needs to be experienced. And now this is the same, you know, producer that said, if I buy you a drink and you drink it up, you're going home with me. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. And I think that there is a, um, uh, I think that when it does come to women, Women are always criticized a little bit more in any, obviously, in every genre that there is. So music is is no different. And um, I think that we do have a lot of female rappers out right now. And that's great. We haven't had that since the 90s. Um, Yeah, and of course, yeah, there are a lot of ones that we want to hear do different, diverse things, too. But it also depends on what you're looking for because they are out there. I think that um, Cardi B just named a few. Um, on her Instagram page and shouted a few out just of yesterday. And these artists are not just, you know, yeah, independent. Cardi they're, was one of the verified. ones who took his. Cardi was one of the ones who took his comment to heart and actually responded to him. Well, I think that she was. I think she took it to heart because when he referred to strippers, and of course, you know, people know that that's, you know, uh, where she came from. So. I think that she's going to be, you know, someone, especially for her to be at the at the top of her game right now. So I think that she, you know, was bound to sort of speak on the issue because that's where her foundation comes from. That's where she met, you know, industry people and was able to sort of um, take her career to the next level. So and she did make a good point. She did make a very good point about, you know, it's also about what do you want to hear? She said when she did the song, Be Careful, a lot of people weren't acting like they wanted to hear that. So they give the listeners oftentimes what they want to hear, but also it's also about fighting against what you, as the artist, want, want to give the public. You know, it's not always about, you know, what people want to necessarily hear. If you keep giving them the same thing, yeah, they're going to keep biting it. But if you right. have to also challenge yourself to sort of dig deep and, and talk about different interesting topics and not – um, you know, about all the, you know, same sort of thing every single time. I think that there are, even the artists that are outright, I think they do talk about different things. It's just about the songs that radio gives, you know, the 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 viewership to, you know. So, for instance, she didn't put out the formula. weekend song. But what we don't yeah, want very, is very artists true. being can't, can't try, you know, like, okay, Lil' Kim had her thing. You know what I'm saying? You can't mm-hmm. be... You can't be Lil' Kim because Lil' Kim already being Lil' Kim. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, she I mean, I think Lil at the end of the day, when it comes to artistry, people are always going to look to a new person being compared to someone who has a legacy because right. it builds a comfort zone when trying to make that person who's new develop a fan base. 
So if you say, oh, he dances or he sings like Michael Jackson, people are going to go to that new person and expect for him to sing like Michael Jackson. And once they realize that, oh, okay, this person can dance and sing like Michael, but he has his own sort of thing, or they rap like Queen Latifah or Missy, but they have their own sort of thing, then that's how that person develops a fan base and, and, you know, hopefully can carry a foundation where they won't have to always be associated with those people that came before them. Now, um, before we take our final break, I have one more thing in the industry that I am dying to talk about. Uh, Spinderella of Salt and Pepper Trio just filed a lawsuit against Salt and Pepper claiming that they owe her millions. Um, This breaks my heart because Salt and Pepper, when we talk about legendary women in the industry, you cannot leave out Salt, Pepper, and Spinderella. And you always thought that they were such a tight girl group. And to see this happening to them, it's heartbreaking. Mhm. I definitely what? agree. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Um. You know, it's really hard to speak on that. You know, they they come from a different era than where I grew up in. I I kind of came when I I remember Salt and Pepper for you know shoot, and I think right. that people before me have a completely different mindset like me, about yeah, that. Like I was me, it able was the to, push it and all of that stuff. Yeah, like, I, you know, see, honestly, I was able to sort of catch a little bit of uh, Spinderella's feelings just um, through watching their reality show. Um, at the end of the day, I think that Salt and Pepper's mentality of how she plays a part in their group, as opposed to, I think, we as the fans are a very two different perspective. I think that it's an educational sort of thing in a way, too, because... Right. You know what I mean? Because I think it's confusing for people because it's like, is she a part of the actual group or is she just someone who DJs once they because do certain events? And I think that that's the DJ. separation. And I think that that's really where the confusion lies. And, it, and you know what's so interesting as a person and as a fan, I think it seems like Spinderella was just as confused. So right. to sort of have this really big question mark over your head, I think for 20 plus years as a DJ, I think it kind of makes her look at fault in a lot of ways because it's like, why don't you have that sort of communication with people who you got, who you almost consider your sisters to sort of say, you know, what role do I play in this, in this group? You know, am, am I actual like the third member? Which she's not a, she's not an actual artist, like a rapper. So it's almost like, um, uh, DJ, Jazzy, Jeff, and and Fresh Prince. Yeah, so so it's like, it's kind of like a give and take sort of situation. She even gave an example, like, for instance, if they do an interview with Oprah, she's not going to necessarily be a part of that because she's not an actual member of the group. So it's a, it's a very difficult thing because I think that, you know, people who grew up listening to Salt and Pepper, I think that she's always going to be associated with them the third and people member don't of the always group. say that's how the fans feel she's the third member yeah so but you because like what would what would the fresh prince have been without dj jazzy jeff you know definitely. that was yeah that i mean you can't have one will smith would have never had the career he's had without jazzy jeff and i think he humbles himself and he he realizes that and i've never heard him or jeff speak of each other period yeah and I just hope that you know hopefully especially at this height of female empowerment when it comes to particularly music 
hopefully that's something that they can work out and talk about and speak on their differences of. I see, it seems like this is not a like a a, a first time discussion. That it from the looks of the show, it looks like they've been having this discussion for years and years and years. So I don't know. I just hope that that's something that they can work out in the future. Because at the end of the day, I think we all love them and what right. they've been able to create and and stepping and stones for music. There is no, I, I can't really think of many rap female duos, you know, particularly talking about um, that or female rap groups. It's, it's not something that you hear um, spoken about. So for them to create a foundation for that, it's a very strong thing and their name will never be forgotten. And when it comes to not just female rap, but just rap in general. So hopefully that's something that they can work out for themselves. Because at the end of the what? day, I think we all just love them. And spend is a part of that legacy, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, because Definitely. now, uh, Salt and Pepper are still performing, and they have taken Spin's name out of all the songs and stuff. Oh, that's sad to hear. Yeah, I hope that they can work that out. I really do. So we're gonna pause for the calls right here because we need to pay some bills. This is a date with Destiny, distributed by Launchpad and the iTunes store. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Don't you go nowhere. Emerald Star Press brings the drama, excitement, romance, mystery, and award-winning stories. The Star Catalog featured titles include I Want to Rap Right Now, Rashad Shakur Harrell, the Love Torn Asunder series, Elizabeth Funderburg. The Urban Fantasy series, Marlon Mikowski. His Deuce, Alicia Johnson. Vanessa's Revenge, Sharonda Woodard Link. Always Last to Know, Shalonda Coincion. And Naughty Notes by Destiny Carter. Find our books with your favorite bookseller or ebook retailer. For more information on the artist, visit emeraldstarpress.net. Welcome back out there. Of course, I am your host, author, and literary personality, Destiny Carter. And you are on a date with me, an author, and a singer, Langston Blaze. And of course, earlier in the show, you heard his new banger, Blonde Summer. And his book is The Underwear Drawer, correct? Yes, yeah, The Underwear Drawer. Still out there making some noise. And of course, you wouldn't mind if you found it on Amazon. Yep. Yes, yeah, on Amazon. Um, uh, it's also distributed through Kindle. Uh, so yeah, you can look it up on there. I think it's on some sort of Google thing too. It's been on so many sites since that distribution deal. So I'm just happy and blessed that people um, have access to that still. And that's still something that I really want to dive back into and promote. Um, especially right now at the height of like. Uh, creating a foundation for yourself, being open about your sexuality and talking about dating and relationships and self-evaluation and um, self-esteem. I think these are really big issues um, in the in the LGBT community. So I want to, you know, definitely get back into talking about that book more and, and doing more seminars about it because it's something that I think is going to create a great foundation for people that are, um, you know, coming out and being, you know, living in their truth. 
and that is so important. So many people are afraid or don't know how to be their authentic selves. Definitely. Now tell my listeners out there how they can download the banger they heard earlier, how they can get the <laughs> underwear draw, get in touch with you, um, mm-hmm. you do some dancing, some modeling, all yeah. that stuff. How, how, how they get yeah. you? Um, I'm Langston John Blaze on pretty much all platforms. Uh, that's L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N, uh, John, J-O-H-N, Blaze, B-L-A-Z-E, on pretty much every uh, social media platform. Uh, Blonde Winter, the EP comes out uh, this August, uh, September we're looking at right now. Uh, second single is about to come out very, very soon. Very um, so looking forward to that because it's been a little while since uh, Blonde Summer was dropped, and uh, the video for Blonde Summer is actually on um, on YouTube right now. Uh, the single is available on every streaming uh, platform there is: iTunes, uh, Spotify, Tidal. Um, what am I forgetting? In other words, you out there, they can find you. Out there, it's out there. <laughs> so wherever <laughs> you stream through, it's me, baby. Apple Music too. Yeah, it's, it's there, and I'm just I'm so happy and and blessed that people have embraced it the way that they have. I let a lot of people listen to it, and um, I'm just really ready for people to just sort of um, get this sort of new wave of me as an artist. So it's going to be a very very exciting time. Well, I am so happy and proud of you, and glad that we've had this time to chit chat because, of course, like we said, it's been a while since you've come through, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick off season 16. That's great. It makes, it makes me makes me feel great that I would be one of your first um, guests on your show. So um, and I thank you for always embracing me and, and uh, keeping up with me and our crazy chats on, you know, online. So it's just been great to sort of have that sort of um, uh, relationship with you. I think artists have to support other artists because if we don't, who else will? I, there's enough definitely. for everybody to eat at the table. I agree. I and, definitely agree. And networking is how we get ahead. And I think that in our portion of the industry, uh, we don't do enough networking and enough supporting of each other and buying each other's projects and helping out mm-hmm. where we can. And I think that we all yeah. could do better at that. I think we, I think I definitely think we could too. I'm always looking for other artists to work with. There have been so many artists actually that I wanted to collaborate on um, with this particular project, but I think that you know this is my introduction into music. I'm very very excited about uh, discussing a lot of the topics that are on this project, just dealing with my own relationships and sex and love and 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 how the LGBT community has directly. Um, affected my life, so I'm really, really looking forward to people hearing this music. Definitely has an R&B sound, uh, so a little bit of alternative, a little bit of hip hop. You know, I take a lot of my uh, influences and and really embody it and make sure that people get like a com- making sure that they feel like they're being taken on a ride. So it's not going to be one layer of um, me being an artist. Going to be so multifaceted, and I hope that people, you know, just listening, listen to it with an open ear because I'm going to give you something. Very, very different. So look well, forward to it. And if it's anything like Blonde Summer, we can't wait. And you keep up with us because you'll have to come back. Always. Oh, of course, always. Second single is going to drop no later than the end of July. So well, look we forward to that. That's coming very soon. Out for it. Yep. We'll definitely be on the ear for that. And you guys can check my Facebook page for the shares of the YouTube videos. 
um, and all that stuff. You have been listening to A Date with Destiny with your host, literary and personality, Destiny Carter. We are distributed through Launchpad and the iTunes Store. And, of course, Destiny Carter Radio, sponsored by Emerald Star Press, publishing from the author's point of view. They are currently accepting manuscripts. And also Creative Touch Design Firm, taking your manuscript to a market-ready book. We offer services, all services, um, to make your manuscript a polished market-ready book. And Sensual Kisses Design, Sensual Kisses Body Collection. I'm going to get it right, y'all. Natural Body body Products. Um, So, that's who we are. That's where we've been. I am your host, Destiny Carter, for Langston John Blaze, saying until the next time you're under the sound of my voice, don't miss your destiny. It's season 16, and we'll keep it rolling right here on Launchpad and Destiny Carter. Good night. This podcast content has been brought to you by Destiny Carter Radio a subsidiary of Emerald Stars Media. For more podcast content, visit DestinyCarterRadio.com.